Welcome to Healing Place Church, where our mission is to be a healing place for a hurting world. Listen each week for updated content and be sure to share with your friends. We hope this podcast is a blessing and a resource to you as you pursue God daily. If you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Exodus. Turn to the book of Exodus. I want to give you an Old Testament reading in Exodus 18. And then a New Testament reading in Matthew chapter 6. We are in this series called Peace. Somebody say peace. And I want to remind you of the two commitments I'm asking of you this year. Two. Come on, somebody say two. In 22. All right, say two in 22. How many of you are believing for a brand new you in 2022? It can happen. But it doesn't happen without some effort and the help of the Holy Ghost. Come on, hum at me if you believe that. Mm-hmm. Two things I'm asking of you, be in church. Be in church. To the best of your ability this year, be in God's house. We need the presence of God with the people of God. I understand COVID has changed the landscape of a lot of things. People have established new habits over the last 24 months. Please, please make a commitment to the best of your ability. Be in church. I I can't underscore the importance enough of the value of spiritual family. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, we need each other. Please do not treat church like a gym membership. Oh, yeah. See, some of you got gym memberships, but you never go. And then you wonder why you're not in shape. Come on. Oh. Well, I've stopped preaching and I've gone to meddling. <laughs> Be in God's house. Psalm 92 says, if you're planted in the house of the Lord, you will flourish in the courts of our God. I want this for your sake. It's not for my ego to say that we have people in seats. This is, I want what's best for you as your pastor. I want you to flourish and you can't flourish if you're not planted. If you will prioritize God's house, watch this. If you prioritize God's house, there will always be a blessing on your house. Number one, commit to the house of God. Number two, read this book. Well, we kicked this off last week. We talked about the one-year Bible. If you did not get a Bible, you do that today after service. It's a Psalm, a Proverb, an Old Testament, a New Testament reading. 15 minutes a day can get you uh, through the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation. Let this be the year that we get planted, not just in God's house, but in God's book. I'm tell you this, it's, it's just a, a, a little thing. Johnny taught me this years ago. He said, in ministry, there are no big secrets, only daily disciplines. You know, there is no great secret. You know what the secret to having a great year is? The daily discipline of God's word. And if you'll just do the little things like they're big, God will do the big things like they're little. How many know we serve a big God and nothing is too hard for him? Get in the book. I want you to know if you're a part of this church, you are not here to be entertained. This is not about a, 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 this is not a personality-driven church. I'm not impressed to hear, of, I don't want to hear my own voice. I want to instruct God's people. You will be taught the word of God this year. 
There are thousands of voices that are competing for your attention, and they're trying to influence you. They're trying to shape you. The narrative of culture is trying to invade the space of your head. Occupy it with this book. Can I have a better amen? All right. The word for this year is peace. Somebody say peace. Last week, we talked about the power of peace. But today, I want to talk about one of the things that I think will threaten your peace, okay? We're going to take the next several weeks and talk about the things that interfere with your peace. One of the main reasons we lack peace is because we're living at the wrong pace. If you're taking notes, the title of the message is simply this, Pace, subtitled, Slow Your Roll. Turn to your neighbor and say, slow your roll. Have you ever noticed how accelerated life has become? Is it just me or the older I get, the faster things seem to move? You know, we have drive-through everything, do we not? Uh, drive-through uh, groceries, drive-through banks, drive-through fast food, drive-through uh, dry cleaning. Everything just moves forward at breakneck speed. In fact, I think that our society suffers from a sickness. It's, it's a pandemic, if you will. It's called hurry. We're just all in a hurry. Now, some of you I know aren't quite convinced, but I want to give you a little diagnostic test, okay? I want to give you a couple scenarios and see if you can identify with any of these. The first is called the stoplight test, okay? We'll see if you suffer from hurry sickness, all right? Stoplight test. You're going down a, a, a four-lane road, okay? Two lanes going the same direction. You're approaching an intersection, and the light is red, as you approach this intersection, this red light, if you have ever calculated the number of cars in both lanes and you estimated the make and the model of each vehicle to determine which lane you need to get in so you will pull away first. Boy, it's getting quiet in here today. You might suffer from a little hurry sickness, okay? Now, don't raise your hand, but if that's you, give yourself a check, all right? All right, diagnostic number two. We'll call this the grocery store tests. There's many checkout lines, all right? If you have ever, on your way out of the grocery store, made a decision which line to get in based on the number of people, and you multiply that by the number of items and you determine which line is going to move faster, you're not liking this at all, are you? Now, you have a really bad case of hurry sickness if you get in a line and then you calculate it. You see, okay, that guy in the red shirt would have been me. And in your mind, there's a little mental race on who gets out of the store quicker. Come on, am I talking to anybody here today? We keep it real at Healing Place. I'm just saying. All right, all right. Okay, third, I'm going to call this the interstate test. The interstate test. Interstate's backed up. You see brake lights, red lights, I mean tail lights, and it's like, okay. If you have ever exited the interstate only to go straight through and get back up on the interstate. <laughs> I am going to ask you to raise a hand if you've done that. How many's ever done that? Okay, good. At least I'm not alone. Come on. <laughs> 
If you check off any of these boxes, you might have a case of hurry sickness. Can I tell you this? We suffer from a huge problem in our society today. We are overcommitted and we are undersatisfied. We're doing more but experiencing less. Your to-do list is increasing, but you find that your heart is shrinking. I want to talk to you about slowing down because some of you are moving so quickly and you wonder why you can't find peace. You know, tomorrow marks the 29-year anniversary of Healing Place Church. 29 years. Come on. 29 years ago in January, we started with 12 people. Now we have 12 campuses, locally, regionally, and internationally. I remember 10 years ago, this marks the 10th year that Rachel and I will be serving as, as lead pastors. And I remember Pastor Larry Stockstill was my spiritual overseer. He still is. He spoke a word into my life, and he called it the pace of grace. The pace of grace. And he shared with me this text in Exodus 18. Read this with me, starting with verse 14. Bible says this, when Moses' father-in-law saw all that Moses was doing for the people, he asked him, what are you really accomplishing here? Come on, some of you need to underline that phrase or circle that in your Bible. This is uh, Moses' father-in-law. Many of you know Moses was the greatest leader in the entire Old Testament. And his father-in-law pays him a visit. And he sees everything that old Mo is doing. And he says, listen, what are you really accomplishing here? Why are you trying to do all this alone while everyone stands around you from morning until evening? Verse 15, Moses replied, well, 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 it's, 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 it's not me. <laughs> Problem is not with me, it's the people. How many of you know sometimes we blame our schedule on others? I'm challenging you today to take custody and responsibility back when it comes to how you spend your time. You see, all of us have the same amount of time every single day. I don't have any more time than you do. We all have the same 24 hours. Time is the currency of life, but we each make choices on how we spend it. Can I have a good amen? He says, Moses is giving an excuse. Well, it's not me, it's the people. The people come to me and they, they need a ruling from God. When a dispute arises, they come to me. You see, the problem with Moses' schedule wasn't his schedule, it was him. He was leading as being the centerpiece of the entire society. He says, I'm the one who settles the case between the quarreling parties. I inform the people of God's decrees and give them his instructions. Here's what Moses' father-in-law tells him. Are you ready? Greatest leader in the Old Testament. Here's what he says, verse 17. This is not good. Not good. I'm telling you, some of you, the pace that you're carrying is not good. Hear this. He said, this isn't good. Uh, verse 18, you are going to wear yourself out. Wow. Not only are you going to wear yourself out, you're going to wear the people out too. Some of you are here today and you're totally exhausted and you're totally frustrated. You're worn out and your attitude shows it. And the people around you, they know it. He says this, this job is too heavy a burden for you to handle 
all by yourself. What was Moses' father-in-law telling him? Number one, if you're taking notes, write this down. He was telling him this, you better check yourself before you wreck yourself. Come on. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. Moses, you are about to mess this whole thing up. You are about to implode. You cannot sustain this all by yourself. You know stress is the number one cause of health problems in our country? Stress. And I know health is a big topic, and all of us are, you know, we're, we're surrounded by updates, and, and we're keeping track of numbers and, and everything, CDC and COVID, and man, this is a real crisis, not just in this country, but around the world. But of all the deaths that happen in this country, stress is the number one cause. It's, it's, it's the leading the top six causes of when, the way people die. Stress is contributing, a, a major contributing factor. And I'll say this too. I think one of the great enemies of peace is this. I do. Now, now technology is a, is a wonderful servant, but it is a terrible master. You know, with, with this, we are tempted to constantly be everywhere except for where we are. Are you with me? Some of you are listening to this message right now, and you're not even dialed into the message. You're into this. Have you ever been in a public place, and somebody that you don't know walks up, maybe gets in an elevator, you see them at a grocery store, maybe you see it next to them at the gym, and, and they're talking out loud, and you think they're talking to you? How many ever had that happen? They start talking, and so you start talking back, and then you realize, they ain't talking to me. They're in a galaxy that's far, far away. They're in a, a whole different place. How many of you have ever been exhausted from everything you did that day? You finally collapse in bed and you make the mistake of saying, let me get my phone and just see what happened in the world today. And then you start scrolling. 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 You never reach the bottom. How many know you never get to the bottom? And, and instead of being rested, you're exhausted. Five minutes turns into an hour and a half. Come on, am I talking to anybody? Mm -mm 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 -mm. You see, increased time on social media, it correlates to a measurable loss of empathy, and we're, we're becoming desensitized. It's amazing how we expect more from technology and less from one another. Are you catching this? You better check yourself. You know, if you ever watched NASCAR, how many of you know that it's impossible to win a race unless you make a pit stop? You're going to have to pull off the track. You know what? I believe that church is a pit stop for the soul. Some of you have been so busy and active, and whether it's physical or emotional, the wheels are always spinning. There's mental gymnastics, emotional gymnastics, and man, you're jumping through hoops, and man, it never slows down. And then when you get in God's house, it's a chance for you to nourish your soul. Can I have a good amen? We need to learn the sacred rhythm of advance and retreat, advance and retreat, advance 
and retreat. Your, your, your dashboard, if you will, has two important gauges. It has a speedometer, which tells you how fast you're going, and then it has a fuel gauge, which tells you how much you have left in the tank. And in case you didn't realize this, the faster you go, the more fuel you burn. How many of you have noticed that? When you come to church, it's a pit stop to fuel your soul. Listen, I know you're out there and you're getting it done. You're grinding. You're chopping it up, man. You're advancing the kingdom, moving business forward. You're, you're taxiing children and you got the family enterprise and there's a lot going on around you. My heart is that you would make a pit stop every week. Say, God, would you fill me back up? Genesis chapter two, verse two, the Bible says this, on the seventh day, God had finished his work of creation. So what did he do? So he rested from all of his work and God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy because it was the day when he rested from all his work of creation. You see, if God himself would institute the Sabbath, notice what he did. He blessed it and he called it holy. You need a Sabbath. I'm telling you this, and you're not going to work harder than God. You know the word the rest here in the Old Testament is the word Shabbat. That, that Sabbath is a Shabbat. It means to cease, to desist from labor, to rest, and to remove from. And it comes from a, a root word that means to breathe or to breathe in. Now notice when God created, he had to speak. So he was breathing out. For six days he was speaking. And then finally on the seventh day, he, he inhaled. Some of you, you just need to catch your breath. Some of you, God's saying, pump the brakes, slow down. You wonder why you're not at peace. Your soul is not at rest. Can I tell you this? It's impossible to have peace when you're always in a hurry. How many of you know that when you're in a hurry, things get blurry? But when your soul is at rest, you are at your best. Mm -mm -mm. This is super important. Now, some of you are like, Pastor, I don't know how I feel about this because I know our, I'm, not, I'm not saying that you need to work um, less hard, okay? Notice that God worked six days and he rested one. The ratio is six to one. We're not resting six days and working one. Can I have a good amen? When we work, we work. But watch this. When we pray, God works. And God can do infinitely more than what you and I can. Now, sometimes I feel guilty. When I rest, I, I, I'll tell you this, I have a hard time with the one day. I have no problem with six days. I have, how many of you have a hard time just unplugging and resting? How many of you, you've tried to rest and then you feel guilty? Okay, only three of us. I think we need to start a small group. I have this tremendous guilt that comes on me. I was sitting in my favorite chair the other day, and I was reading my Bible. And as I was reading, you know what I did? I fell straight asleep and woke myself up snoring. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And started feeling guilty because I fell asleep on God. Come on, anybody ever felt that way? When your soul is at rest... Your life is blessed. It's interesting to me how, you ever notice how the scripture refers to our relationship with God as a walk? We walk 
with the Lord. God walked with Adam in the garden in the cool of the day. Enoch walked with God. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why is it that we walk with God and we don't run with God? You know why? Because if you tried to run with God, you couldn't keep up. You ain't running with God. You know what God's doing? He's going to slow down and walk with you. Come on, somebody. It's funny. I remember several years ago. I don't know if you know this about David Ray. You know, we call him all day. How many know we call David Ray all day? You know why we call him all day David Ray? Because we could listen to him preach all day. He's just one of the best preachers I've ever heard. But you know why else we call him all day? Because this guy can run all day. He's like a gazelle. David and I were running several years. He said, Mike, let's go for a jog. So we went jogging. And so, you know, we're, we got this nice little pace going, and he starts talking to me about the church, and, hey, I got this idea, and, man, what about this thought, and here's our staff, what about this campus? And so, you know, he's, he's just peppering me with all these thoughts and questions and ideas, and he's like, hey, Pastor Mike, you're not saying anything. Why, why don't you, you don't like my ideas? I said, no, it's not that. I can't breathe. <laughs> I couldn't keep up with him. Can I tell you this? If God's running, you aren't keeping up. But you know what love does? Love slows down. Guess what? Love is patient. Come on, somebody. Check this out. In his book, this, this, the late Japanese theologian, Kosuke Koyama, he wrote a book called Three Mile an Hour God. Three Mile an Hour God. Look at what he says. He said, God walks slowly because he is love. If he's not love, he would have gone much faster. Love has, is, what love has its speed. It's an inner speed. It's a spiritual speed. It's a different kind of speed from the technological speed to which we are accustomed. It's slow, yet it's Lord over all other speeds since it's the speed of love. Isn't that good? Some of you need to slow your roll. Some of you need to slow your scroll. Some of you need to quiet your soul. You see, love and hurry are fundamentally incompatible. Can I tell you this? You can't love somebody in a hurry. You know what you can't do in a hurry? You can't listen in a hurry. You have to slow down. How was your day? How was your day? What happened at school? What happened at school? No, no, you have to. Okay, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. I, I got that. That's not love. How many know that's not love? You can't listen in a hurry. You, you can't romance your spouse in a hurry. You can't value your children in a hurry. You can't worship in a hurry. Okay, God, all right, if you don't move within the next two minutes, this is all I got. How many know love requires us to wait? You can't keep the same pace this year that you had last year and expect to walk in peace. If you keep the same pace, you know what? You're not going to have peace. You're going to be in pieces. Are you with me? Number one, check yourself before you wreck yourself. Number two, if you want the peace Jesus had, you've got to do the things Jesus did. If you want the peace that Jesus had, you've got to do the things Jesus did. Let me finish with this verse, Mark chapter six. The Bible says the apostles returned to Jesus from their ministry tour and they told him 
all they had done and taught. Now watch this, verse 31. Then Jesus said, hey, that's great, but let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place. Somebody say quiet place. And let's rest a while. He said this, why? Why did Jesus say this? Because there were so many people coming and going. Notice how Moses blamed it on the people. He told his father-in-law, man, look, there's so many people around me. I got to be here. And Jesus was like, hey, we got to get away because there's so many people. Do you notice the difference of the two styles of leadership? He said this because there were so many people coming and going and that Jesus and his apostles didn't even have time to eat. So they left by boat for a quiet place where they could be alone. I want to ask the band to come up. You know, it's amazing to me how active Jesus was and how little time he had to fulfill his mission on the earth. He only had three years. That's all he had. Jesus didn't even start his ministry until he was 30 years old. He only had three years to totally transform the world. And yet time and time again, we see Jesus consistently modeling this idea of getting away, connecting with God, and caring for his soul. Are you catching this? Soul care is a big deal. Soul care. Some of you are in danger of not finishing the race because of burnout. And this year, your pace has to be different. If not, then you're going to end up in a bad place. Can I tell you this? Good people, I've seen good people end up in bad places because they've made poor choices from an empty space. Can I say that again? Because I, I, not everything, is some, we hear, you know, ministers that fall from grace or, you know, families that are split apart because of adulterous relationship or, or kids that are hooked on drugs and, and alcohol and all kinds of bondages. And sometimes we, we tend to classify them as bad people. Can I tell you that's not the case? Good people end up in bad places because they made poor choices from empty spaces. Notice what happens. When, when, when Jesus gathered his disciples after their ministry tour, he says, hey, listen, let's get away so we can refuel. Can I tell you, you're going to have to refuel, replenish your tank. And we all have different tanks. You've got mental tanks. You have emotional tanks. You have physical tanks. And you have spiritual tanks. Don't be empty in 2022 because you'll never get to where God wants you to go. Refuel. You know what else? When you, when you pump the brakes, not only do you refuel, but you realign. There's realignment. Sometimes when we have a tendency to drift, do we not? How many of you know every now and then you got to bring your car in to get it aligned? If your car's out of alignment, what happens? You begin to pull to the left or pull to the right. Some of you are out of alignment because you're allowing the pressures to pull you in a direction away from peace. Listen, as you're making decisions this year, you need to be aligned. 
don't make decisions based on your pressures. Make decisions based on peace. Are you catching this today? We, we, we refuel, we realign, but then it also gives us a chance to reflect. And I think this is super, super important. We're great at anticipation, but we're terrible at reflection. Our society is great. We anticipate Christmas. Oh, it's amazing. We anticipate the, you know, the vacation. We anticipate. I mean, there's great excitement and energy and anticipation, but then we're terrible when it comes to reflection. It takes time and quiet to reflect. Thank you for listening. Take a moment and subscribe so you can become a part of the community here and stay up to date with what is happening at Healing Place Church. For more information about HPC, visit healingplacechurch.org.